I said, I, the other the other day I was um, I was telling my friends this in my WhatsApp group earlier. We were all talking about getting older. I was like, the other day I was just having I was having a wank and I went and I just stopped. Well, that's what that's what being in your thirties is like. Do you know what I mean? Like it's one oh, it's one thirty p.m. I should give this a go as I've been doing for the last eighteen years. And no, halfway through it, I was like, "What am I doing?" Podcasts. A frontier. These are the voyages of the podcast Captain Slug. Its ongoing mission to explore strange new episodes, to seek out new jokes and new references, to split infinitives that no one has split before. Captain Slug, Stardate 46. <laughs> These are the continued voyages of myself, Eddie Edwards, and my colleague, Mr. Mark Bench, as we track our way through all of, all of Star Trek. Uh, how, you, how you doing, Mark? Uh, yeah. Um, I successfully masturbated to completion today. <laughs> uh, which, is, um, <laughs> which is a reference to something that you didn't hear off screen. Or, or something I'm going to put in in a cold open. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> oh. It's not oh. something I do every day. What, masturbate to completion? Does it sometimes take you three or four yeah. days? <laughs> I feel like... I, d- I don't know what it is about, about myself and the way that I think about myself, but <laughs> for some reason, my brain tells me that people think that I masturbate a lot more often than I do. And then, it, and then I have to start thinking to myself, why would they? Like, why, why would they even have? Why would they even have a number? Like, why? Why would they look at me and go, "Yeah, that guy probably." Because like, I guess it's a thing. Like when when the conversation turns around to, to having a wank, like you can you can probably pretty easy pick out the people in a crowd that do it like all the time. Yeah, there's 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 a, a broad spectrum of, of healthy numbers, and then there's a category. And I don't think anybody, there's nobody in the world who masturbates a little bit too much. If you know what I mean, because you're either in the, the healthy numbers or you masturbate way too much. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'm pretty healthy. I, you know, when I was a teenager, um, the the, the problem was I wouldn't let myself recharge. <laughs> And, whole, and and if you're listening to this and you are 18 years old, uh, hopefully we don't have anyone younger than that. Uh, if you're listening to this and you are 18 years old, like, do it. No, do it. Do or do it. Do you know what? Do it as much as you can. Because I'll tell you, it's it it's what's the word I'm looking for? Like decreasing, like de- 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 deprecating. No. Depre- depreci- depreciation Should, yeah it's depreciation of of de- or depreciating then, returns if you're gonna if you do it if you're gonna do it as much as you can um, just don't push yourself to more and more extreme 
viewing material. That's yeah. how I guess how, that's how Dharma got started. It doesn't do it for you anymore, and you have to keep going further and further, and eventually you're killing a hitchhiker. That's right. That's it. Right. There's there's two things you've got to understand, uh, Sean. Right. <laughs> Is that at the age of thirty-four, um, the best wank you will have that year isn't as good as the third wank that you had today right but what you've got to do is you've got to you've got to start programming yourself I'd say around about 1920 right to just be like try and get your brain off of the novelty kick just pick some stuff and just run with it Right. Yeah, and then just pick a thing that's relatively harmless and just dig into that category. Aye. Uh, yeah, and if you do feel the need to escalate, ten percent at a time, right? <laughs> and think of it. What to do, right? Is get yourself a whiteboard. <laughs> I, I, I'd offer a different piece of advice. I'd, I'd say if you're interested in a certain kink, find the most extreme version of that and remember how you feel feel looking at that, which is repulsed. And then when you come close to that again, that material, that level of material, remember that feeling and ease back. <laughs> or alternatively, um, get a whiteboard. And you know, like in the video games that you play when you build a skill tree? <laughs> Make yourself like a pawn skill tree that has a definite endpoint, and then, And then once you have achieved that, once, once you've incrementally built 10% on, say, feet. <laughs> and and then you get to the end. Just call... You're the master of feet, right? Just call but, yourself the foot master. And then move on to things like... I don't know. What are regular people in? Women's lower backs? <laughs> like, work on that, right? And then eventually you will become the wank master. Be careful, though, because it is a bit... It, it is like oblivion. Um, not Skyrim. Skyrim's very gentle leveling system. Oblivion, you can spend uh, for like eight hours putting all your skills in the wrong things, and the game is unplayable. And that's something you want to avoid. Um, yeah, yeah. And even if you are not circumcised, uh, still use lube every now and again. <laughs> Especially if you're if you're looking down the barrels of double j- digits in a day. Right. If anything else, it's going to prevent friction, bum. <laughs> so, how have you been, Eddie? Um, well, uh, <laughs> it's been a sad, sad week in the uh, in the Edwards household, uh, as you can imagine. My dog is named after Jessica Fletcher, mm. um, and, and we lost Angela Lansbury this week, which has also ruined several wanks. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I found out that uh, she's just uh, she was just the nicest person. If you're ever watching Murder She Wrote, interesting fact: the black guy never the murderer. Angela Lansbury insisted on that. Um, there's one episode where there is a black killer, but it's in a mainly black community where only uh, the only. But it turns out that the murderer, the murder victim, was even worse and was going to kill like three people if he didn't get stopped. So that's the only time there was a black killer in Murder, She Wrote. Also, there is apparently an episode in season three that has no speaking parts for men. I think what you've described there is that 
Jessica Fletcher and by extension Angela Lansbury were uh, segregationists. <laughs> what they wanted the reason that the reason that there's no black killers most of the time in Cabot Cove is because the places that Jessica Fletcher would go, there's no blacks allowed. Now I was assuming that um the the murders where a black person had committed it was a quicker solve, so it wasn't worthy of a full episode. She walked in with it's obviously that one. It is really uh, weird that so she... you've already arrested. <laughs> it is really weird when she goes to the black community and she just starts dropping <laughs> N bombs just all the time. You're using her uh, rap name of uh, Angela Damsbury. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, sad, but, sad times to learn yeah. that a woman was dead who I was almost certain was already <laughs> dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, I mean, I know you're a big murder she wrote fan in that, but I'll be honest, my exact reaction was, oh. <laughs> I, we're, we're in this house where we're observing a 10-day period of mourning. Uh, every chat, uh, if you turn TV on in my home at the moment, it's just murder she wrote on a loop. Uh, but that's but that's that's because I've got the murder she wrote box set. Uh, so. That's um, that's what it will be in my gaff uh, when Dan Harmon dies. I'll what I'll what I'll do is I'll I'll just I'll play Community and Rick and Morty and the film Monster House on a loop, um, and if anyone laughs, <laughs> I'll reprimand them. We're in a period of national mourning. Dan Harmon is dead. Hopefully it never happens. He's lost a lot of weight. He looks good. He looks a lot better than Angela Lansbury did at the end. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. When With Angela Lansbury's passing, there's been a lot of stories that have come out about how great uh, a person Angela Lansbury was. Like, um, So if you were like a jobbing actor in Hollywood, it was an open secret that you, uh, if your health insurance was going to lapse, you'd reach out to Angela Lansbury and she'd get you like a recurring ro- a role in... But she wrote like she wrote in a recurring character because the actress had an MS and needed health insurance and stuff like that. Um, so I think that's, that's really cool. And I'm, but I'm, I hate to say this, I like Dan Harmon's work, but when he dies, the stories that come out about him are going to be unpleasant. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> um, it's why I feel it easy to make jokes about Angela Lansbury, because uh, I feel like she would have appreciated them. I feel like she was down, <laughs> down for... I mean, I, I guess it, it, she. I don't know if she ever played up to the rumours that she was the killer the whole time. No, she didn't. That would have been a great final episode. Well, they. I. I from what I understand, they they talked about a movie where that was the case, where it turns out she'd just done them all, and, and the movie would explain how she had in fact done all of them. <laughs> no, she was a great person. I mean, obviously, she's willing to to go and hang out in the black section of Cabot Cove. Um, <laughs> Where she, where she runs a weekly uh, open mic rap battle night, <laughs> uh, but uh, but I mean they they can't they, as long as they stay on the east coast. <laughs> yeah, she's not welcome in the west coast. Lot <laughs> beef there. Um, um, no, no, she's uh, no big, 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 big old. Well done. I left my martini to you. Yeah, I, try, I made a, uh, I made a martini before the show. Yeah, because Robbie Coltrane has also died. Because so Robbie Coltrane died. Now, you might think, that's unrelated. Uh, yeah, I didn't have any whiskey in the house, but I did have vermouth and gin. Yeah. And uh, I'm gonna No olives. But I'll, sa- <laughs> I'll, I'll sacrifice the olives as, like, a tribute. Yeah. 
That's, that's, what, what, that's probably that's... what I wanted. <laughs> Pour out a jar of olives for Robbie Coltrane. Uh, yeah. Or watch Goldeneye. Do whatever. He's, he was 72, yeah. man. He was old as fuck, wasn't he? There's a lot of there's, there's a lot of old guys. There's a lot of fat guys. There's not a lot of old fat guys. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he done well, man. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't looking very good. I, I, I and I, and I'm I, I don't want to sound insensitive. I, I hope his family's all right and that, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> frankly, anyway, frankly, he was living on borrowed time. <laughs> I'm sorry, Robbie. I raised my martini uh-huh. glass to you. Yeah, it's what you would have Cheers wanted. to Robbie Coltrane. Mm. Any other celebrity <laughs> deaths this week to discuss? No, hopefully none die during the podcast. Other than like the only major death to report is, is Truss's career. But let's 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 that's dragging on for some time. Let's talk about Star Trek. I don't know. Just before we, so I I can't remember if I told you, uh, or it might have been on this podcast. But I basically I'm so. D- disgusted with the current cabinet that I didn't learn who any of them were. I like yeah. I haven't watched like I know Liz Truss is the prime minister, but the only thing I know about because I occasionally host pub quizzes, and I do say to people if your team name makes me laugh, I'll give you extra points, right? Obviously, I have quite a dark sense of humour, so the the team names that that win are usually really weird. Uh, the the biggest scoring name in history was a team who called themselves. Uh, daddy, daddy, uh, what's wrong? Why are Why are you crying? Um, Mummy isn't breathing. This doesn't feel very much like Christmas. Uh, but I always tell people, I'm like, don't just do quiz. Ba- like I have heard every quiz based pun in the English language. They're never good. They're never clever, and they still insist on doing it. So the only thing I know about the current cabinet is that the guy who just got sacked today has a name that sounds like Quizzy Quarteng or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's quite, is, quite, is it Quasi? Is that his real name? I, I don't know if it's Quasi Quarteng. I don't know if he actually got fired because uh, I've been not paying attention. He got but, fired. Because, uh, yeah. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. He got, he got fired they're... like an actor on Murder, she wrote, who got themselves health insurance. <laughs> Oh yeah, because the, the, the um, thick of it thing's been doing the rounds, hasn't it? The line um, fired after twelve months looks like you fucked up. Fired after one weeks <laughs> looks like I he fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, so yeah, I feel that Liz Truss's strategic approach to uh, the crack cabinet has been incorrect, and she could have benefited from watching this episode of Star Trek. This is going to be quite an interesting episode. Uh, of this podcast because I watched this episode about a week ago and I yeah. do not remember what happens. Right. Okay. I want to start by saying this is a episode that has, in my opinion, the best single line of dialogue that Jean-Luc Picard has in the entirety of Star Trek. Uh, so, this is... Um, the, the, the Enterprise is doing some war games to test the crew. Well, mainly to test Riker. They're going to give him like a ship that doesn't work properly. He's got 48 hours to get it working with a crew of 40. Yeah. And then he and then he, he's going to like fight the Enterprise and they're going to see if he can beat it. And there's like a, a strategy expert um, on board uh, to like oversee things. 
and obviously um, Riker cheats, um, but he, he shows off, and it's all about how the guy is underestimating Riker because he doesn't think he's good. Um, but so, but that that's not the important thing. The important thing is that they um, the guy is Sim is called Simar Kolrami. He's a uh, Zakdonian, uh, uh, and he's um, he's one of the actors. If you don't recognise him from his face, you'll recognise him from his voice. Yeah. Yeah, he's a classic that bloke actor. Um, he's um, he's the Don to- and Total Recall. That's exactly what I've read. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so there's a game that he wants to that he's like an expert. He's the best player in the world, the universe at called uh, Stratagema. Yeah, uh, we don't know how this works. But you put things on your fingers and then you wiggle your fingers. The best. I think it, I think it's supposed to be like a four dimensional drafts. Or checkers, yeah. We call them one thing, and Americans call them the other. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> Riker is going to wants to play him, and he knows he's going to lose. He's just doing it for the honor of playing him. And then they manage to engineer the guys to like have a game against Data, and Data loses to him. Yeah. Despite the fact that uh, Data is a computer, uh, and then Data becomes a real big sad boy for a while. <laughs> Yeah, he does. Yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah, that's see, it's it's not an emotional lack of confidence. It's like an intellectual lack of confidence. He believes that he must have malfunctioned, be malfunctioning on some level, and be unaware of it, and therefore thinks he can't do his job properly. Right, this is why. Yes, I remember all of this episode now. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, I remember having a lot of problems with it. <laughs> it's not a great episode but it's got the line that Picard says Picard has to go basically Pulaski and Troy talk to the captain and say like to Picard like Data's having a crisis of confidence because he lost a board game uh, which he shouldn't technically be able to do we need to go talk to him so uh, Picard goes to talk to him and tells him to like basically suck it up yeah, uh, and sort it out and that is when he says what I think is the best line in all of Star Trek, which is, it is possible to make no mistakes and still lose data. That isn't weakness. That is life. Yeah. That's the best. That's one of my favourite lines in anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a real good line. <laughs> a lot of my favourite lines from Star Trek uh, come from the 2009 movie. Because <laughs> uh, that's the kind of guy that I am. Like as a as a creative, like don't ever give me Star Trek because I'll do Star Trek <laughs> 09 again. Um, even even though I recognise as like a Star Trek fan that Next Generation is better and Strange New Worlds <laughs> is better. It's like yeah. yeah, but this story that I will write will be Star Trek 09 because that's <laughs> that's the only story I'm interested in telling, which is Star Wars. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, Star so, Trek so, 09 was J.J. Abrams was given Star Trek, and what he did was he made a Star Trek movie that was the Star Wars movie. Yeah, <laughs> so this this I'm going to start this story, but it's going to go somewhere. So I'm I, I'm currently on the waiting list. Uh, to I think I've discussed it before. To, to, uh, also, I re-listened to a few of these, and I'm like, I I constantly say how I've discussed this before. Um, so if anyone <laughs> is out there wanting to make T-shirts, there you go. But <clears throat> Um, I'm on a waiting list to get seen for having autism. 
And having looked into it, obviously my whole life I've been me. So I'm normal and everyone else is weird. Uh, but the... The thing that I do, the thing that, that oh, it doesn't infuriate Laura, it severely confuses her, is that when I'm drunk, when I'm high, when I'm bored, I will just watch bits of films. Like, right. I won't sit and watch the whole film. I'll be like, right, I'm going to watch the three, I've got 20 minutes, I'm going to watch the three best scenes from Men in Black <laughs> that I've seen over and over again, right? Um, so I do that quite often with Star Trek 09. Like, Star Trek 09 is very much a come-in-from-the-pub and I'm a bit hammered, but that's all right. I've got six cans in the fridge. Let's whack on Star Trek 09 and just fast-forward past all the like all, all the stuff that maybe I don't want to see. So there's, like, certain bits. Um, so my favourite lines are just, like, really boring little exchanges <laughs> in Star Trek 09. <laughs> Like, I, I really like that bit where Scotty tells that wee guy to get to fuck. I watch that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, generally, my, my, fav- my favourite line in Star Trek 09 is, um, is at the very end after they've, they've let go of the red matter. There's a really cool exchange between uh, Kirk and Spock and, and Nero. Nero's on the viewfinder and Kirk comes on the bridge and he says... Some of the lines of your ship's your ship's been compromised. You you will be unable to escape the singularity without assistance, which we are willing to provide. And then Spock turns around and says, "Captain, what are you doing?" And Kurt says, "Oh, I thought it's logic, Spock. I'm, I, I maybe doing this will help re-establish like communications with the Romulans. It's logic. I thought you'd like that." And Spock goes, "Nah, not this time." <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and then it's uh, you turn around and, and Eric Bana is like obviously ready to deliver like a villainous monologue he's like i'd rather suffer the death of romulus a thousand times than accept help from you and kurt just goes you've got it whatever (laughs) 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 fire phasers (laughs) so i like that but yeah but there's there's so there haven't really been any lines from uh star trek from next gen that have really stuck with me apart from very specific ones in measure of a man (laughs) <laughs> yeah. But but you but you can still you cannot feel anything and still lose is 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 good. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that it's uh, I've seriously considered getting that line as a tattoo. It's like not one of my favorite lines in Star Trek: The Next Generation. It's one of my favorite lines of dialogue. A fucking depressing in... tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> just Who a is reminder that for? To... It's for, it's, okay, let me just put it this way. As somebody who's had a brain tumour, it's nice to be reminded that bad things aren't your own fault. Uh, in, in 20 years, uh, when I'm incredibly rich and you're homeless, and because I'm so rich, I've forgotten about you as a friend, and you're, and you're, in, a, and you're in a cardboard box and you're trying to text me, and I'm just like leaving you on red, right? Um, oh, I like the fact I've still got a mobile phone even. <laughs> well, they do, don't they? All these, all these homeless people, you're always seeing them in their Ferraris and their mobile phones and that. Um, so that's why we should that's why we should ban immigrants. Um, <laughs> so, um, I hope you look at that tattoo and think, oh, could I get something a bit, bit happier than this? It's not going to be like the only one. I'll put like a picture of like a, a smiling dog or something nearby. Uh. <laughs> I want you. Here's what I want you to get, and if you get this, uh, if you get this, I'll pay for it. I want you to get the the, the quote from Captain Picard. Right? What was that again? Say it. Say it exactly. Um, 
It is possible to make no mistakes and still lose, Mr. Data. That isn't weakness, that is life. Right, I want you to get... It's possible to make no mistakes and still lose, <laughs> Mr. Data. That's not... What was it? That's not... That's life. That's uh, a weakness. That's not weakness. That's right, life. I want you to get that in a perfect circle um, around uh, a picture of Postman Pat's head. <laughs> <laughs> if you get that, I'll pay for it. <laughs> Well, I mean, they are on strike. Solidarity, my brothers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why postman Pat? That you lean to. Um, he's not even. He's not even my. Not even my favourite of the kids' TV shows. I'm more of a Fireman Sam man. I do like Although, the, kid, the kids' TV show. So, for anyone who isn't aware, so so Postman Pat is like a stop motion animation for very very young children. I think it's based on a series of books, and it's literally about this guy who's a, a mailman, right, a postman, and he'd literally uh, and he'd, postman Pat, and he has, he has a, a black and white cat, a uh, black and white cat called rocks. Jess, and on on the side, <laughs> Jess solves murders. <laughs> but, um, never the black guy. Never the black guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, there's no black guys in this small Welsh village that Postman Pat lives in, and and he just he just pods about in like his little post van and solves problems like really like really minor problems that would directly affect him as a postman. Like if a road is blocked, <laughs> he'll get people to yeah. come out and help, and it's all about it's about solidarity and and, and about like Fireman Sam. I feel like we shouldn't really have to explain that. Fireman Sam is a fireman, <laughs> and he's a fireman. I don't know. I I, I imagine that they're lo- they're set in the same universe because they have the same design. Uh, I don't know if we yeah. ever got a crossover. That would have been the Avengers Endgame of 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 me being <laughs> five years old, right? But um, I do like yeah, that in the nineties, Britain was like, let's make um, cartoon cat not women, obviously, but let's let's make these animations, but but have them be the most socialist of the of the jobs yeah like you really yeah. want people to like ev- everyone is going to support firemen all the time right that is that is never not going to be the case like fire firemen would have to do a lot it's already cons- like it's instinctually the sexiest job it's not even the sexiest job if you think about it for a while it just is the sexiest <laughs> job you can do. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, like it's of all the emergency services. Like, okay, if you're a doctor, you might have a bit of a complex. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of reasons why you could be a paramedic. There's a lot of dodgy reasons you could be stealing pills. We don't know. Yeah. Right. I hear the sirens going of the police behind me. There's a part of me that goes, uh, "Do a pull over? Yeah. Do a, you know, do a let them go through? Fucking." But the the, the fireman. Yeah, like, and it's also like nobody, no matter how capitalist you are, is proposing a for-profit fire service, right? <laughs> that is the most, it's the most socialist thing you can ever have. Yeah, it's it's like because they had a, they used to have a for-profit fire service in ancient Greece, and it, let's just put it this way: the person who owned it was a very wealthy man who owned a lot of property. They, they <laughs> but, used to have it in um, in London. In fact, if you go, if you're if you are in London and you go down to Goodwin's Court, uh, which is a couple of streets across from Leicester Square, it, it's one of the streets that people claim is the inspiration for the book version of Diagon Alley. That's not true. That there is no inspiration for Diagon Alley, right? Yeah, Diagon Alley is more Camden. 
than market. Than it's not anything. Else. It's 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 Narnia, right? For for as much as she is a terrible, terrible <laughs> person, she has a good imagination, and Magic Street isn't difficult to fucking visualize. Right? <laughs> but what it, 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 what it actually is, it is one of the inspirations for the movie designers. So if you want to see. <clears throat> If you're listening to this and you're interested in Harry Potter, if you want to see one of the closest streets to a real-life Diagon Alley, go to Goodwin's Court. But there's actually quite a lot of interesting thing in this tiny, tiny little street. <clears throat> one of them is that Nell Gwynn's house is there. Uh, do you know who Nell Gwynn is? Have you heard that name before? Name rings a bell. But... She was the, uh, like the primary mistress of Charles II. Oh yeah, yeah. She was an yeah. actress. Yes. She acted. At, I believe she acted at the Globe, if my timeline is correct. Uh, but she was an actress, or maybe she didn't, because she wasn't a man. But um, she she was an actress, and she would. I believe she was a, a, an actress at the Drury Lane Theatre. So if you go to the Drury Lane Theatre, you can still go to what they call the tunnel, which was a tunnel that Charles II had built under the Drury Lane Theatre. <laughs> to go down underground and up into a pub where they would meet. Because obviously, like... Well, obviously the royals are all fucking everyone, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean... Like, Kate, loads Kate, of secret Kate, is a, Kate is a beard. Yeah. Prince Albert for Victoria was likely the opposite of a beard. I think she was his beard. Um, but they're all fucking... Yeah. They're all just fucking whoever they want, right? But back in the day, this was just like regular knowledge like everyone just knew that this was occurring so anyway her, so he, eventually he bought her a house on that street and it still has a sign above it but to the point sorry this is what I'm like as a tour guide <laughs> uh, hey do you like going on tangents let's go um, but in uh, Goodwin's Court if you are at the far end and you look up just under the white windows uh, you will see a little gold plaque uh, which looks a bit like a bishop's hat, and that's called a fire mark. Um, and basically, there used to be different fire brigade companies in London. You would pay them insurance, and if you had a fire, they would come and put your fire out. The problem was, um, <laughs> if you, first of all, if you paid your fire insurance but your neighbour didn't, they'd put out your fire but not theirs. Or if you had different <laughs> fire insurance, they would just sit there and watch it burn. So ironically, <laughs> those fire marks are now worth a fortune because most of them were destroyed in fires <laughs> <laughs> the that one the one down there is worth about 15 grand if you, if you ever the one in uh, the one in ancient Greece is the, like, the fire service would turn up and you can even pay them an extortionate amount of money to put the fire out okay or the uh, guy who owned the fire service would wait until your house burned down and yeah. then he Buy and then he'd buy the land off you <laughs> <laughs> for a, uh, a pittance. And it's like it, it like he'd offer you less and less as you're building more burned down until you eventually took it and then you get the fire service to put it out and you restore the building. Yeah, yeah. I feel like like I I don't feel like we should prosecute thought crime, right? <laughs> um, That's a very until it until view. it becomes. <laughs> Uh, I don't think we should we should formulate we should we should we should prosecute thought crime. Maybe when it becomes spoken crime, then that's a different thing, right? Like you can't just go around calling for the death of all Jews and then just being like, "Ah, oh, it's fine." My dog said that. 
<laughs> Where's the joke, you fucking prick? Anyway, um, that's enough about Kanye. Um, yeah, that's no, a bit of very, that's a bit of very specific Scottish comedian. Um, um, let's just say, I'll just say is is we've uh, look if, if if we've had a very 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 happy event happen this week. You can't just say that, for example, the people who. No, who people whose uh, children have been shot in a school. Uh, you can't say that that was made up, uh, and you can't <laughs> accuse the fucking people of saying who say who lost their kids of being liars and conmen. Can you? Can you? Can you, Alex? <laughs> did Did you enjoy? Have you seen the video where he? Very little Star Trek in the Star Trek episode. Um, <laughs> we'll it's it's it not. Then. It's not a great episode. It's it's fine. Riker does the Kobayashi Maru two point so, yeah, and it, and it only works because they cheat. It's like there's not. That's what the, and, is. Yeah, the, and the Freggies the Freggy show up at the end, and it's Armored Shimmering again because he's so, the only person who ever plays the show. We'll, Freggy, we'll get we'll get back to that, right? But yeah. for, so for, first of all, uh, we shouldn't prosecute thought crime unless someone is like, "Hey, maybe it'd be a good idea to privatize the fire service." I think that person should be executed immediately, <laughs> like by the people in that by in, in their company, like because we're like we can't we can't we can't. That thought is a virus. <laughs> like, we, can't, <laughs> we can't let it get out. <laughs> um, I, I think if if you think that the fire service should be privatised, you should be set on fire. I think and you should we'll be privatised. Uh, no, it was set, like set on it. fire, and then we'll negotiate a price. <laughs> yeah, for putting you out. And also, <laughs> and then we'll be like, well, the thing is, you didn't pay this before you went on fire, so really, you need our services more now than you did before. No. So. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it was a stupid idea to... Maybe it's insane uh, that you went to business school for a five-year master's degree and then came out a libertarian, isn't it? Yep. If you, you're listening to this, you know I'm talking about you, you fucking leather jacket moustache cunt <laughs> oh, this martini is pretty strong <laughs> I'm calling out all the assholes. and you know what James Meekin can fuck off and all <laughs> so the thing is why'd you have to be find... so fucking fat and weird the same as we were and then you went and got skinny and good looking and oh I run marathons now you fucking wanker doesn't drink anymore either what a cock yeah, it's weak. <laughs> no, I take it all back, man. I yeah, genuinely like, have really... all the time in the world to talk to He's a really nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think as a rule, if if we name a comedian on this on this podcast by name, we're okay with them. If we don't, if we don't mention you by name, you Masaccio wanker, libertarian asshole, and you bald friend who loves video games, uh, <laughs> then. Then, then we've got a problem with you. Yeah, because uh, that could be anyone, mate. <laughs> That's me. Uh, no, I wouldn't be friends with a libertarian. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, what was the top? Oh, that's going to get cancelled. This is what it doesn't get booked. What's that? Yeah. So, screw you getting cancelled. This is the podcast that doesn't get us booked anywhere. <laughs> um, so. What was the topic? Oh, aye, so, um, uh, so Riker um, it, yeah. is, is on like a, a shitty old ship, right? It, like, it's it's so shitty that they later reuse a, a shot from season one. 
when they're towing yeah. it with the they're just like just reuse it's the it's the it's the stargazer it's the same model yeah. as the stargazer it's really shit it's, called, it's the Hathaway is the uh, the one that's and yeah it's, actually uh, named after actress Anne Hathaway um, <laughs> and so it was there's a lot of space work in the future uh, not, <laughs> everybody's really <laughs> into interstellar <laughs> There's a there's a ship called the NCC The Princess Diaries too. <laughs> you go in the future. There's a there's an episode of Star Trek they're going to do at some point in the future where they go to the Anne Hathaway Museum on Earth, and it's it's very little about a movie career and much more about a groundbreaking approach to astrophysics. <laughs> uh, you you still haven't watched Lower Decks, have you? I haven't. No. So there's so there was a bit in Lower Decks where I, this was all the way back in season one, so I can't really remember it. But they they they're erecting like a statue to someone, um, <laughs> and uh, well, we were going. I can't I can't remember how it, how exactly how it goes, but I think they were like, well, we were going to erect a statue to this person, but it turned out they were terrible. Uh, so instead, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna erect a statue uh, to the greatest man in the history of Starfleet. Chief Miles O'Brien. <laughs> and it was just like a 40 foot golden statue of Miles O'Brien, which is now canon. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so, so he has to pick a crew to go on to this terrible ship. Now, this ship doesn't have warp because they don't have. Well, first of all, they don't really have any dilithium. I think. I think Jordy scrapes some dilithium off like the inside of the chamber. Yeah, um, and they, they need some antimatter. They don't have any antimatter. Yeah, so you steal some. So they steal. Uh, so Wesley, in quite a fucking baller clandestine move against the actual crew of the Enterprise. <laughs> flagship this should be what people are taking away from this test they should be like no it was great because spoiler Riker passes but they should be like no it's great that Riker passed but sorry how did this kid that you let drive all the time by the way how did (laughs) how did this kid outwit you um the president from 24 no he's not the president was he Dennis Dennis Habert yeah, Mr. Mr. Burke was uh, yeah. in charge of security. <laughs> let's 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 just, we talk regularly about how great a character Miles O'Brien is. We don't talk regularly about how great a character Mr. Burke is. That's because he's letting fucking Wesley steal fucking antimatter off the ship right under his fucking nose. Also, last week did we mention Dietrich Bader? As, no, as, we didn't. Oh, as as a bridge, not an officer, but he's a but he's a he's, a, he's certainly a bridge man. Was he? Yeah, I did. I didn't spot him. Did he play? He's standing in at the, at the security console, and it's and it's um, and Laura noticed it first. So Laura was like, "So one of my favorite one of my favorite games that Laura and I play is that Laura isn't as good at me. At Im- she's good at recognizing people, but she's not as good." as immediately being able to know where she knows them from. Uh, yeah, now, I, I'm not incredible. I, it's not like I can rhyme off someone's entire IMDb, but I, in, in our house, I tend uh, to be a little bit quicker off the mark with like, oh, I know who that is. But what's quite fun is that when she notices something that I don't, and then she just starts... <laughs> like, like she like she saw Diedrich Bader, and then she paused it on a shot that wasn't Diedrich Bader, and she was like, it's... um. Him. 
from <laughs> from things. And then I was like, the things that I know Diedrich Vader from Office Space being quite a good Batman voice in Batman Brave and the Bold and Jane Silent Bob Strike Back is not what she knows him from. <laughs> yeah, though me me and Emma have that frequently where I'll see somebody in something and I'll be like, oh, it's so-and-so. And I'll list off minor background demon 14 from an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Or, oh, he's in this episode of Star Trek or something like that. And then I have to sit there and in my head go, no, no, what do you know him from? Oh, Christ. And then, like, yeah. sitting over there, and they go, uh, he's in a, oh, no, he was in a, oh, no, no, you wouldn't have seen that. And then eventually, like, oh, he was in a, and then you name like a Jennifer Garner. He was in 13 dresses or something like that. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I will say earlier in this in this rant, uh, I, I said that I am better at this than Laura. I, that's, that's unfair. She is as good at it as I am, but her references are different. Yeah. Um, so she'll immediately be like, "Oh, that's Kronos from Gilmore Girls," and I'm like, "Kronos." Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Kronos. Yes, yeah, so remember that season of, where the, the Greek god of time moved in with Sean Gunn. Um, <laughs> adventure. That's <laughs> so no. So so it is fun. It's it's fun finding that common ground. Like it's it's weird, isn't it? I feel like because a lot of the people in my family are normal. And I, I, and I feel like if I try to explain to them, no, like one of my favourite parts of my relationship is when we pause the telly and one of us tries to find common ground with the other one about where we know this very minor actor from. Yeah, It brings yeah. me so much joy and warmth that that's a thing I, that's happening in my life. I I love being able to go. Oh, it's that bloke! And like real, off, like an episode of like Buffy and an Angel and like for other things. They'd be like, uh, uh, and then like a name like a romantic comedy that I have only seen a trailer of yeah. from like nineteen eighty seven. And it's like bang, and then uh, I remember going, oh yeah, no, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, he's from the concept of twenty seven dresses. <laughs> Um, so there's so going back to Dan Harmon for the second time this episode because this martini is very fucking strong like Robbie Coltrane who it's dedicated to live long and prosper Robbie in heaven uh, but uh, wait what were, what were we just talking about <laughs> Wesley stealing the animal no no the, 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 the exact last thing Diedrich, Diedrich Bader oh fuck oh I've lost it Oh, I was going to make such a good point. Oh, I'm going to listen back to this, and I'm, my brain is going to get to that bit. Yeah. Let me, t- let me just, what I'm going to do for the rest of the podcast is just not really listen to what you say, but just nod, and then eventually so, remember what the point was I was going to make. Anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, but anyway, yeah, Riker's underestimated in this episode by the, uh, the strategy guy because yeah. of his inappropriate joviality. It's... <laughs> And, uh, and Picard has to be like, no, that's why people like like uh, will follow him with jaws of death. Yeah. He's quite a likable man. Yeah. <laughs> also, he's my first in command of the flagship. <laughs> How many times do I need to underline this? There's obviously a reason I hired this guy. You fucking yeah. idiot. <laughs> I like. It's like oh, he's he's, he's and he co- he's and too- he's constantly given the. Like the opportunity to become a captain, and he keeps turning it down because he just loves doing this. Yeah, he's. he's Why do you think you're going to beat this cunt? 
do you, you think? Are you think he's a, he's weak because he's like humorous? Oh, he doesn't take situations seriously. He literally laughs in the face of danger, and as a result of that, Wolf will follow him anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Listen, what was the what was the guy's name? Oh, um, uh, I've got it written there. Uh, Kolrami. Listen, Mister Kolrami, have you ever seen Star Trek: The Original Series? <laughs> <laughs> You know how in that Captain Kirk is... <laughs> well, this guy's Captain Kirk. It's, it's almost as if the writers of the show decided to, that the, the character of Kirk was so important that there should be somebody who has a similar uh, attitude uh, due to him on board this ship. Yeah. So that in case, in case our new plan for having a different type of captain didn't work out, we could always kill him off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, Wesley stealing... So Wesley... Uh, because Wesley sort of um, very after school special, very very special episode of the week. It's like, well, he's talking to Johnny. He's like, well, we can't cheat. Obviously, that's that's bad, isn't it? We can't we can't cheat at this. Um, and, and I think I can't I can't remember if it's, if it's Jordy or Riker or someone is about like mm, the point of this. The point of this isn't to win, but if we can win. <laughs> that's great isn't it's, it it's the this is a problem that is frequent in uh tv shows that have an episode like this where you've got a, like like uh a, a war games in military thinking is the problem is that that writers are strategists yeah so the only thing they can ever work out that would work in the scenario is cheating <laughs> Yeah, but but so so we'll 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 come back to that point, right? So Wesley kind of um, they don't have any. It's the, no, they they have that as some dilithium, but they don't have any antimatter. So Wesley is like, oh, and he goes to Captain Riker, and he says, "Listen, I know we're not really supposed to swap back and forth, but I actually have a very important experiment running over on the Enterprise that I oh, I forgot to turn off. Do you mind if I go and?" <laughs> And fix it, and Riker's like, oh, for fuck's sake. All right. Ensign Crusher needs to be acting. Ensign Crusher needs to be transported over the Enterprise. So he goes over to the Enterprise, where he's met by... And, and your man, the strategy man, is like, okay, he can do it, but only if he's under constant supervision. So he goes back, and Dennis Haber is like, takes him to the experiment. Wesley lifts it up, and he's like, oh, fuck, it's dead. Uh... Do you know what? Just take me back to the transporter, and I and he kind of makes out like I'll just dump it on the way. Like during transport, I'll be like, "Yeet!" I, th- I think he's he's like, "I'm gonna use the transporter to yeet, uh, like to like beam this up, but not beam it anywhere so that it's dead and we don't yeah. worry about it." Uh, uh, yeah, uh, op- <laughs> Operation Yeet. But then, it, but then he goes he goes back to the NCC Angela Lansbury. Um, <laughs> And he's like on on the shuttle, Jessica Fletcher. Um, the shuttle was called Jessica Fletcher. Did it all of it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he's and he's like, hey, find some uh, find some animal. Now at, at that point, I turned around to Laura, <laughs> and I was like, but wouldn't this be what every test in Starfleet is like? Who can find the best way to get around the rules? And she was like, no. She was like, "You need to stop being so fucking obsessed with the Kobayashi Maru because <laughs> that test is a very specific thing. If they just yes. decided that in the future every test is about how well you can cheat at it, 
anarchy. <laughs> yeah, there must be like a basic like, oh, how good are you at physics? Yeah, like, and it can't be who's the best at sneaking in a textbook. And also, right. <laughs> so the idea that in the future of Starfleet, the Kobayashi Maru essentially becomes not an example of showing you. Um, a, a no-win situation, it essentially becomes how well can you cheat this fucking thing that we're giving you to show us what you can do in the real world. That concept comes from a novel written by Shatner. <laughs> so Shatner yeah. is just like, well, I did this. So obviously, it is the standard. <laughs> now, I like that because it's an interesting idea. Well, it, but that can't be the way it works. <laughs> It makes up for, uh, like, there's a thing in the Star Trek, like, every race kind of has a thing. Yeah. So, like, uh, you, like, oh, the Klingons are ultimate warriors, the Romulans are really sneaky, the Cardassians are fascists, whatever. Everybody's got their own, like, thing that they do. And uh, because we're humans, we kind of think of humans as being the default and they don't really have anything. Yeah. But the humans are actually lunatics who are regularly <laughs> just doing shit that everyone else in the universe is like well that, that shouldn't work like yeah. if you've ever watched if you watch Enterprise the um, the I think the part of Enterprise uh, like the, the way we built the first ship the first Enterprise is that the the Vulcans helped us out by giving us two warp cores and they were like oh so you can build two ships and the, and the, the humans went well what if we strap both warp cores together won't it be faster and the Vulcans were like that's insane you don't have anywhere near the level of technology to do this and the humans just did it like, like that yeah, like it's, regular... yeah because I imagine they then turned around because I've only seen very select bits of Enterprise um, but I imagine they then turned around to them and said but this is, but you've evolved beyond this it's crazy. You're crazy people. Why would you want to do this? I mean, think about what Zephram Cochran would want and then they'd be like, Zephram Cochran basically built warp travel to clean his gambling debts. <laughs> yeah. He built warp travel in his garage to clear his gambling debts out of a nuclear missile. Yeah. <laughs> like the man was a lunatic. And he fucking and he almost refused to fly unless he had the specific song that he wanted to listen to on the, in the capsule. The, if you watch Star Trek, the number of times where the react the the, res- the idea that the Federation comes up with to get themselves out of any situation is absolutely insane. Like they've been like, oh, what if we turned off the uh, what if we eject the warp core and blow it up behind us? It'll push us forward a little bit. So it's, it's always and every imagine that everybody else is like, what did they, what the humans do? They did it's yeah. crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, and we'll get onto it later on, but we try to reintroduce the concept of individuality to the Borg. That's our clever plan. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, well, if we program this virus, it'll drive them insane. But what if we just make this one accept that he's an individual and then put him back in the collective? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I like the idea that they do a war game scenario. They, I like one thing I really like in this episode is that um, uh, they're doing like second in command should sit in the chair next to Riker, and Worf is like, "Well, Geordi outranks me. He's more senior officer. It should be him." And Riker's like, "No, we're not doing the freaking engineering challenge, Worf." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want you next to me so we can do the spoo- We can do clever guile tactical thinking because I quite like the fact that Wolf's not up for war games like 
playing at the beginning. He's yeah. like, well, there's no point because we can't actually die. Yeah. So there's no point in doing this. But then Which Riker's like, do you want to be my first? And Worf's like, fuck yeah. I do like the implication there is that all Klingon battle strategy is developed not through tactical thinking war games, but like, well, we tried that, it didn't work. 16 people died. Let's try this <laughs> instead. <laughs> It's the, yeah. the Zap Bradigan school of thinking. We just, we um, just had the wave after wave of men at them. So, it's, um, it's, so a couple of years ago, many, very many years ago, six years ago, um, Secret Cinema done Star Wars. Specifically, they done The Empire Strikes Back in London. If you don't know what this is, right, we are not going to explain it. Just go and look up Secret Cinema Star Wars. Yeah, no, fuck it. We will. I'll explain it a little bit. So basically, you go to you go to a place, and when you are in that place, which in this case was like a warehouse in Canada Water, they have transformed that into Star Wars. Like it's uh, you. Basically, what you do is you live a new hope, and then yeah. you you watch the Empire Strikes Back while there are live actors on stage also acting out the things that they did. It's it's fucking it, it's it's an unforget it's an unforgettable experience. Like it, it, and, if, you, if you're they, a movie fan, it will change your life. They change up what movie it is like. Yeah. So that and everyone I know who's gone to see whatever the film is, it's enhances and improves. Like for Back to they did Back to the Future once. They built two of the square valleys. Uh, valleys. They built two of them so that you could have it in two separate time yeah. periods. Incredible. And my friend, who's an actor, was I, I was like, "So what are you doing on Back to the Future?" And he said, "Oh, we just work in the post office." I mean, what does that mean? And he said, "So if anyone, if any of the audience want to write a letter to any of the other audience, they come into the post office and write a letter, and we'll deliver it to the other audience." It, it, so it, it, it's complete immersion in a story and in a world for a few hours. It, it, the, the Blade Runner one was breathtaking. Um, yeah, I've heard about that. Like, everyone oh, got a pack beforehand yeah. where you were told whether you were a human being or a replicant. I, I, yeah. My character in Blade Runner was a male sex worker who was a replicant masquerading as a human. Oh. And so I had... Um, a headshot made up of an act, of just a random actor from the seventies, and whatever my I can't remember what my character's name was, but it was um, it was like Mark O'Neill, totally human, sex object, not robot, <laughs> <laughs> and I had that on my CV, like on my headshots, and I'd give it to like nightclub, like pretend nightclub owners. Anyway, the the, the, the what was my point? Star Wars. Star Wars. Fuck! It was a secret cinema. Um. No, it's gone. <laughs> I mean, it probably yeah. it was probably something about how good immersion is, like it, 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 about how immersion can can take you, even if you're not super willing. I think I think it was probably about how I bet there was a lot of people who were just like, yeah, that seems fun. I'll I'll, I'll go in on this. Like when you're in a secret cinema set, everyone is in on it. Like yeah. it, like there's I... there's almost like a magic that happens when you step over the threshold. And obviously there isn't a magic. Secret Cinema over years have figured out how to do this and how to cultivate it. But there's like a yeah. magic. When you step over that, you are that. Oh, that's my point. 
uh, it was two points. Um, is that our our characters for the Star Wars one? Is that I was a, a rebel pilot. Oh right. And Jamie was <clears throat> he was an in, he was like an intergalactic space pimp <laughs> that the rebels had to protect because they give you a backstory. So we sat down and we came up with why would these two be hanging out? And we realised that what Star Wars doesn't have is an A team. <laughs> like the, <laughs> what the Rebel Alliance needs and we, we called them Joker Squad is that Joker Squad they're all A Wing pilots because to be an A Wing pilot you have to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and basically Joker Squad are who the rebels send in if like we can't figure out how to fix this, so let's send six lunatics at it. <laughs> <laughs> just to see what they do. <laughs> so, so, so in our narrative, like if you're an X-wing pilot or a Y-wing pilot, and you do something particularly crazy during a mission that maybe gets someone else hurt or killed or in danger, then they're like, "Well, we can't really cut you. We can't kick you out of the Rebel Alliance, but we're going to demote you to fucking Joker Squad. We're it's just we're going to constantly send you to suicide missions and just like figure out how you and six other fucking maniacs get out of it." <laughs> Yeah, be it, coming up with completely insane strategies <laughs> is the human strength. It's what <laughs> it's, it's yeah. why um, I really, really like the A Team movie. Um, because, oh yeah, because the the A Team as a, a the, the A Team isn't so much a story as a, as a plot set up for an hour of television, right? There's a person who needs help. They find the A Team. The A Team get captured somehow and then they build some kind of mad apparatus and then beat all the baddies and no one ever dies but the but the movie not only is it an origin story it was basically a bit like well what if we hit these guys with like three challenges over a period of time and what are they like in between that period of time fucking i i love the 18 movie um it, it they, has one of my favorite like gags based on uh skills that the actors actually have which right. is um the the fake ids get mixed up when they're making them and um uh one the character but guy, guy playing face uh gets uh get his, his passport and um it's the passport that's supposed to be ba baracus's <laughs> um so it's got his photo on it but it's got all the details all that and then um they read out all of it and they uh, start talking to him in swahili uh, yeah. And he, he just talks back in Swahili because the actor can actually just Shut do that. Me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he walks through it afterwards. He's like, "You speak Swahili?" He goes, "Yeah, don't you?" <laughs> <laughs> um, the AT movie has in my top. This might be in my top ten movie lines of all time. Um, not because of its actual importance or beauty as a line in itself, but I just like what it represents. Which is, so there's a bit in the A-Team movie, and Laura, you've heard this, right? I think I've spoken to you about this eight dozen times in our relationship. So, in the A-Team movie, Jessica Biel is, like, hunting the A-Team because she was, like, Face's girlfriend, and she thinks that they're traitors because she hasn't figured out yet that they were set up and blah, blah, blah. But she knows that they're maniacs. So, there's a bit where they are on, like, a, a, a military carrier plane that also has a tank in it. And the plane, they they get, they manage to get out of confinement, and the plane blows up. But they're in the tank, 
So the tank falls down, but they get parachutes up, right? So there's two parachutes hanging out the back of the tank. So the tank is floating down to the ground. And they send in, like, a UAV, an unmanned aerial vehicle, like one of your Predator drones, right? <laughs> and uh, I think it's Face, or Hannibal is like, uh, Face, get on the gun. And so he turns around the cannon, and he fires the cannon. <laughs> and uh, and one of the guys with Jessica Beale in, like, the command centre is like, are they... Are they trying to shoot down that drone? And then it cuts to Jessica Beale, who has the biggest eye roll in history, and then just goes, no, they're trying to fly that tank. <laughs> I, 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 the I, line I, reading is so perfect. And now when I write things, I'm always thinking about, no, they're trying to fly that tank. <laughs> it's, I, I will say this, the AC the, the movie didn't do well enough at the box office to, like, get like a, a franchise off the ground oh, and it's and such a this, crime i i i don't know what you want from your movies if you don't like the a team like, i yeah. like, if like i don't it's not the greatest movie ever made but it's a movie in which they are using the physics like the the, the tank ends up at one point falling face <laughs> like straight down from the sky like yeah. about a mile up and they are using the gun firing at the right moments to push them backwards which <laughs> yeah. slows down their descent enough so that when they hit the water they don't all instantly die <laughs> <laughs> it's it's amazing it's, it's, it's it is that thing of like I, th- I think people think that i'm i'm like <clears throat> i'm like this movie snob and i am like there's a lot of movies where I'm like mm, that kind of sucks because it didn't it didn't do movie making very well, but at the same time, I'm I'm I am not a fucking have a good time snob. Like the eighty movie, yeah, it's a five out of ten movies <laughs> in terms of movies, but it's a fucking five out of five good old time son. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's yeah, you're exactly right. It's like I would sit there and I could wax lyrical about like the. Like actual artistry in yeah. storytelling, but sometimes I want to watch a movie in which a tank gets dropped out of a plane. <laughs> I will, I will watch Wild Wild West whenever it's on television <laughs> because no one has ever made a fucking weird steampunk western as well as Wild Wild West. It's the only movie to ever feature a mechanical steam steam powered spider. <laughs> like, and if that's, spider. And, if that's not enough for you, I don't know what you want from cinema. Salma Hayek's in it. <laughs> Looking great. <laughs> what more do you want? That's it. That's a spring. That's like a sprinkling of. That's like the parmesan on the top. The meal was already incredible, and then they were like, "Here's Salma Hayek." <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so yeah. So what do you think of this episode of Star Trek? <laughs> Um, do you know what's weird? Is because I've gone through this whole thing about how I didn't really remember it. I, I actually did. I quite liked it. Um, it it's it's it just it it very much just felt like a week in the life of the Enterprise crew, and and that's yeah. that's what I I enjoy that. I, I, yeah. Like as much as I enjoy the big questions and the and the and the huge concepts, I I just like what is it like to be these people. Yeah, I quite like that at the beginning. The Picard's like been resisting during the war games, um, and he says it's because they're explorers, they're not military. But the Borg is scary, yeah. so let's deal with that. Yeah, but uh, to, yeah, go, to right. go back so, to the lines I really like from the Star Trek movies, <laughs> uh, 
Scotty says that. <laughs> Simon Pegg Scotty says almost that exact thing. He says that because it's when they're, they're, they're having it put on the the, 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 the torpedoes that it t- spoilers are like Khan's sisters or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, he, and he turns around to Kirk and he goes, I, why, I thought we were explorers. And I think it's yeah. how much I like Simon Pegg's Scottish accent, but I just really like the way he reads that. That's a, that's another bit from a movie that I will watch out of context. That is a, that <laughs> but, a great because it's it's um, you. I get the impression that that is the that's a line that was. I, I imagine that Simon Pegg had some input on that line being in the film. Yeah, uh, big time. yeah. 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 Because we uh, there's a I have a lot of problems with Star Trek Into Darkness, like specifically the the ending scene is. In the end, is Spock savagely beating a man with a big piece of metal in his hand? You know, like Spock does. Uh, I, I also, I also think it's ironic if you're making a film about how you think nine eleven was an inside job, and then later on you have eighteen nine elevens happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking maybe you should have. Like, oh, we're going to change the characters around, have different things happen with different people. It's like, well, that works to an extent, but you shouldn't have Spock do. Kirk things, yeah, uh, because he doesn't do Kirk things because he's not Kirk, he's Spock. Yeah, that's why Kirk <sighs> doesn't do Spock shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's why Kirk's like, oh fuck this, I'm just gonna go and fuck someone. <laughs> anyway, that anyway, was the episode. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed yeah. it. I like, hope you like that one. Yeah, go watch the A team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do, yeah, watch Joe Carnahan's A team. It's great. <laughs> All right, bye. bye. The Captain's Slog is performed by Mark O'Neill and Eddie Edwards. You can follow both of them on Twitter and Instagram. Mark's at RealMarkO'Neill and Eddie is at EdEdwardsComedy. If you like the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and now on YouTube at Captain's Slog. And we have a Facebook page as well. Or if you really like what we do here, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Captain Slog.